Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. We got a wild one today. We got a crazy show, D'Anthony. Yeah. Um, this is one of those ones that's so hard to believe that you're like, wait, but I thought it was all Russian disinformation. None of this can be true. Uh, we've got John Paul Mac Isaac here today, who is uh, actually the computer store owner who took Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, John Paul, I'm going to go by John Paul today because I've never called anybody four names before. No, that's fine. Is that okay? Do I have to go John Paul at Mac Isaac? I will the no, whole show. No, no. First name basis is good. I okay, like perfect. just make like intense, prolonged eye contact and say all four names every time. Yeah. And then like five minutes into the conversation, he's going to call the FBI again and have him come pick your ass. I'm blind. I won't see it. No, it's fine. I'm looking at you right now. Obviously, uh, we can see you here on Zoom. What year did you win the British Open? <laughs> you know what? Uh, when it comes to golf, uh, visually impaired people typically have a horrible long game and short game. So I, I stay away from the course. What about the medium game? Yeah. How's your medium game? How's your irons? <laughs> so, well, you know, it's always bugged me because, you know, they came up with this idea that the laptop was just Russian disinformation. Mm. And I'd like to think one look at me, if they had just ran the story that it was Scotland that was trying to interfere with the election, I think that would have maybe been a little bit more plausible. Yes. Yeah, is, is that what the hat is for, by the way? I love it. It's just an interesting choice. It's a Scottish hat. I got an ugly head. So put the two together. I've been wearing it for decades. I, I won't take it off now. Well, I won't take it off in public now because it just drives the left absolutely bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Well, again, thank you for joining us here today. Uh, this is the story that won't die. If you could uh, walk us back uh, to two years ago when Hunter Biden actually walked into your shop and gave you this laptop. Well, it was three years ago. Oh, it was three, it was three yeah. years ago now. Yeah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> time flies when you're having so much fun, doesn't it? Um, when he walked in, did you know who he was three years ago? No, I, I had no idea who he was uh, until I was checking him in and asked him for his first name and then his last name. Uh, I never really cared to pay too much attention to what the Biden offspring looked like. So, you know, I just I, it was just another customer coming in 10 minutes before closing. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, until all of this came out, uh, especially all the uh, videos of him smoking crack and, and, and hanging out with prostitutes and all that other stuff. I didn't know what he looked like either, to be, be honest. Didn't care. No. Still, I still don't technically care. I'm more interested in the emails and stuff. But it is, yeah, I don't think anybody would have any, – anybody outside of, like, hardcore people in politics that follow everything probably wouldn't have known who he was. Yeah. Even if you say his name, Hunter Biden, like, all right, cool. Maybe there's some relation, but I have no idea. Same. same. I, knew, I knew about the brother because he was in the military and he had died of brain cancer in, what, 2015 or some shit. Mm -hmm. I, I knew about him, but I never knew about Hunter. And, and so the reason I bring <clears throat> this up is uh, this isn't somebody you would immediately stop for who came into the store and be like, oh, my gosh, so-and-so is, is here and I'm about to work uh, on their laptop and their personal files mm -hmm. and all that stuff because no offense – you don't seem like the guy that's uh, the president of the United States' son 
would just go to to kind of fix an everyday laptop. Especially considering some of the sensitive work he did, you would think that there would be somebody that is at least associated with the government would be work doing that work and not a, a, a retail store or whatever, right? Correct. Were you surprised? Well, you got to figure, uh, you know, this was two weeks before his father announced his candidacy. I didn't think Joe was going to run, mm. to be honest, and nor did I really pay that much attention. Uh, and initially, when I saw the Bo Biden sticker on one of the three laptops, my initial thoughts were, like many customers, they bring in a deceased loved one's laptop or digital device. They just want the memories off of it because Hunter didn't want to repair. He came in. He wanted the data recovered. And that's what the paperwork was filled out, and he agreed to the conditions and terms. And mm-hmm. and that's where my fear stemmed from, was he was in possession of a piece of paper that clearly said I was allowed to go through and recover his data from these devices. Mm. And I assumed that he had his own IT people, but you know, I did have a five-star rating, so it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that somebody would want to take their device to me. Fair enough. I've dealt with famous people in the past uh, without issue, but then again, they didn't have nearly as that level of criminality on yeah. their laptop. And you, uh, you're you in Rhode Island, too, so I can't imagine there's nearly as many... Uh, Celebrities. S- like stores. Yeah. Well, I mean stores. There's not a whole lot of options if you're trying to go... It's either the Geek Squad at Best Buy or some, like a, a mom-and-pop shop like yours. Yeah, right? there's not a lot of options anywhere because I, I've actually taken in my laptop quite a few <laughs> times to a local place in Wilmington, North Carolina. And when I checked in, by the way, jokingly <laughs> I had said, because everything is in the cloud, I go, look... Just know if you find any nudes on here, they're mine. And I told this story, this is no lie, I told this story on the show three or four years ago when I had taken it in. Everybody got a big chuckle out of it, but at least it was a a way to break the ice. And you are giving something to someone who you don't know, who, let's face it, I, I can't name another device or anything that I use in real life besides maybe a phone that would have all your personal personal data on it and now that i think about it uh even your your, your probably your backup to your phone is is all on your computer if i would assume if you're using two apple devices certainly correct yeah, yeah. Or, or at least some way to access that information would be on your laptop uh yeah that, that presents a call co- there's a couple of questions that a lot of people have asked us knowing that you were coming on the show one one of them is um how long did you have the laptop? Like it was lapsed. He didn't come pay for it or pick his shit up. And by the way, you said three laptops. So there's three of these things. Well, he came in with three and mm-hmm. my shop's in Wilmington, Delaware. So it's a little bit, I think better than uh, Rhode Island. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's well, yeah, we're, we're a suburb of Philadelphia. So it's okay. Kinda, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Um, he came in with three laptops. One was a complete write-off. I gave it back to him. It was just beyond mm-hmm. anything that I could recover data from. The second one, he just had some inoperable keys, and I felt bad for the guy, so I gave, let him borrow a keyboard. I guess I gave him a keyboard in retrospect. Uh, and then uh, so he could facilitate his own recovery. And then the third one is the one that I checked in that needed a little bit more. It was it was suffering from a power issue due to liquid damage. So I could recover manually by dragging and dropping files mm-hmm. until it was shut down. Then I'd have to charge it and then manually recover files and it would shut down. And this process took about eight or nine hours. And it's during that process that I realized that this was not Bo Biden's laptop, that this was in fact Hunter's mm. and it was gross. And how long did you have in your possession before? Uh, like you, I, at some point you, I assume you contacted him and said, Hey, you need to come pay for this and grab your shit. You owe me money or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And how well, I know, I know his phone was working. I called him up <clears throat> when the data recovery was complete on the 15th 
of April, I called him up and left a message that he needed to pick up from uh, like a Best Buy an external hard drive so I could transfer the data that I recovered back, the 220 gigs I recovered. Mm -hmm. uh, he showed up in the shop on the 16th in the evening and dropped off a drive. So I know he was getting his voicemails. Uh, then he requested that I pay him uh, electronically through Square. So I sent an automated Square request payment for 85 bucks and uh, called him the next day to let him know everything was ready. The payment was sent on the 17th. Uh, I called him again a couple weeks later at the end of the month, a uh, couple weeks after that. Uh, no response, never came in. I started to get more and more nervous as Joe was getting more and more popular in the, in the polls. I just figured it was a matter of time before somebody was going to come in looking for that laptop. And uh, I, that's why when after 90 days, it became my property. So about mid-July, I, uh, I did a deep dive on the laptop to make sure the criminality that I had witnessed. And I'm not talking just about a guy smoking crack with a gun. I'm talking about the, the ex a lot of money exchanging hands and going back and forth. So uh, that's when I made the determination that this needed to get to the FBI. So <clears throat> wait, what? so nobody from the government ever reached out to you until you reached out to them, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Cause they would have no way of knowing. Um, but, but to you, when you're asked to recover data on, well, a, they, wait, on a computer, they, they would know if Hunter Biden had the self-awareness to say, cause there are, this is why I asked this question. There were multiple steps. First, he drops off the laptop. Mm -hmm. Then he knows that, uh, John Paul is removing files from it buys an external hard drive, drops it off again, and then pays later. There's like all these steps. At any point, Hunter Biden could have alerted his dad or the FBI or somebody like, hey, there might be some compromising material over here. I'm just establishing the fact that this guy was completely out of his mind. Or the fact that he just genuinely didn't know. Uh, because I, I find wait, it hard wait, to believe. Genuinely didn't know what? Genuinely didn't know what was exactly on this laptop and all the transactions that had gone on. Because as this story has played out over the last three years, the biggest question I have is, is this guy just a fucking moron in Hunter Biden? Or did he just genuinely not know what was on this laptop? It's one there's, of the two. There's no way you don't know that there are emails that you sent on your laptop. That's not, that's, that's a completely unbelievable thing. Now that's what I think. No, that's the, that's if, if look, I mean, crack is a hell of a drug. It is. <laughs> right. So, so is it, but is it drug use? Is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, how could you be that dumb? Um, or, or just too deep in the drugs that it's like, Hey man, this is just another, you know, I work a nine to five J O B and I'm going down the yeah. street to drop off my laptop and that's it. I'll come and pick it up and, no harm, no foul. Well, I guess we've you've interacted with him, John Paul. What do you think about that? What's your why do you think he was so, I guess, cavalier or or perhaps uh, myopic or just stupid about it, this whole process? Yeah. Well, I I don't like to speculate. I can just go off of the condition that he was in when he came into my shop both times. He was intoxicated. Um, mm. The second time he was definitely more jittery and more wired. Um I don't, I think he was, he seemed like he was in a good state of mind to understand and comprehend the process and everything I explained to him. So I don't, I don't see that it was, he, I think he's had a lot of practice being in a drug haze. So I don't think that it was drug use that caused him to forget. A lot of times I, I wonder if this wasn't him just in, in some way la uh, lashing out at his father or, mm. or trying to cub clean subconsciously knowing that he threw a wrench and whatever. I, I have no idea. And all I know is, is that 
he's he's had something like 26 electronic devices since 2010 and if he's left one with a, a doctor's office a psychiatrist in massachusetts he's thinks another one was stolen by some russians in 2018 he's got the three that he brought into my shop that were all liquid damaged i mean we're talking probably about six thousand dollars worth of computer hardware that were just liquid damaged mm. i mean this is he he seems to be very rough and irresponsible with electronics. But if if you have the money to afford it, then I guess you don't care. I suppose, but exposing yourself to criminal prosecution is is a is wholly different than you know just losing a couple thousand bucks on a computer. But yeah, you that's an interesting theory, I guess. That like th- this is how most serial killers get caught. They want to. It's either a pride or guilt thing. Yeah, they, they want to show off how clever they are or the weight of the guilt is too much on them and they have finally like even if it's subconsciously exposed themselves yeah and the, and the reason i go back to the uh, did he not know and is he just dumb part is you know when we covered 90 percent of these crimes it's usually the dumbest people committing mm. them where you're just like oh they're just stupid people uh now for you personally john when you take on a computer like this and your your only job is to recover data off of it what made you look inside and say, okay, I, I know that there's criminal activity going on in here because if you if you hadn't gone in and looked at some of the documents or files or uh, or, or transactions, uh, what was what was there that made you actually either hunt inside this thing to look for it, or was it just on the surface and, and literally just sitting in tabs? Like, what was it exactly? So normally, if I'm doing a data recovery and the machine is healthy and able to power on, I would never look at the data. It would, I would just go into a program and I would scan the drive, do a forensic clone or a block copy of the drive and verify that everything, all the ones and zeros went over. And then I would charge the customer. Mm. Uh, this was not the case. I had to, you know, again, manually go in there and start with the desktop and drag and drop. And then if the thing shut down on me, I'd have to open up both windows once it got powered up again, kind of compare folders side by side. And it's during that comparison process when I'm looking out and, and seeing, does this document open up? Is this document, this was tourniqueted during the transfer. So this can't open up. I have to manually drag that file back. And it was a bunch of, touch and goes. And it's during that process that I saw a lot of the porn, but I also, one document really stood out and it was, I was verifying data in the documents folder. There was a file called income.pdf and it had a purple dot. So he's, I've obviously identified this file as some importance because he gave it a specific color marking and it kind of stood out because none of of the other files had. So I opened it up just to verify it. And that's when I saw uh, he, his accountant explaining how they're not going to report the $2.5 million from Burisma. Uh, obviously, you can't live off of $550,000 a year. So we're going to borrow your some money from Bohan Harvest. And, you know, it's just it kind of it, it struck me as really odd. But again, his dad wasn't running for president. This was a job. I kind of underbid it because I felt bad for the guy thinking it was his dead brother's computer. And I was regretting it. Uh only charged him 85 bucks and he never paid for it. I sent him the bill repeatedly, never paid. So I don't, again, I don't understand why his phone was working and his voicemail was working on the, on the 15th of April. And he, after that, he never called, never returned his call. Uh, and so at that point, uh, in, as far as your contract goes, are mm-hmm. you legally allowed to 
uh, keep possession of the laptop until there is some form of payments? Yeah, after 90 days uh, on the contract that all my customers sign and yep. I explain at length that we're not liable. And after 90 days, if you don't come in and, and pay for your product, uh, then it's forfeit. And this is mainly when, say, I have to put a $500 part in a computer and the guy never comes to pick it up or pay for it. I need to recoup that $500 part. So I'll take it back out, put it in and hopefully another customer's machine and get that money back. This was there was none of that because there were no parts used. This wasn't a repair. This was strictly get the data off. So I I let the thing sit on the shelf until about mid July, and it was about the time uh, there was a lot in the news cycle talking about Barisma and about Hunter. And I remember that income.pdf document, and that was the the uh, the hook that kind of caused me to do the deep dive. And it didn't really take me too long to to uh, see what was on that laptop. Okay, and, and who's the first call you make after you see these documents? My father, actually. Uh, he's a 31, uh, retired colonel in the Air Force for 31 years. Uh, he had done some work with the CIA uh, during his career. Um, he's family, so I trusted him more than anybody on the planet. By this time, I'm really nervous that I'm sitting on a bomb and somebody's going to find that piece of paper or somebody's going to come looking for this thing and I'm just going to be erased off the planet. So, um, yeah, I, I figured I needed to consult with somebody that I trusted and I, I couldn't think of anybody else more than my father. Okay. Uh, and then the obvious next question that everybody's been asking is, did you make a copy for yourself in case something like that happened to you where you were you know, in your words, erased off the planet. I think Epstein is the phrase that people use. Now yeah, we use that a lot around here. But uh, <clears throat> did you make a copy, a clean copy? Everybody wants to know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I knew uh, I had a discussion in person with my father coming back in early December or September of 2019 from uh, Utah uh, back to Denver. Had a nice long car ride with my father, explained the situation. We both decided that he should go to the FBI field office in Albuquerque. So when I got back to Delaware, I was going to make a, two copies of the drive. I was going to make a copy that I would mail out to my father, and he would take that copy and give it to the FBI in Albuquerque. And then I had another copy. When my father did that, we knew that all of a sudden the circle of people that knew I was sitting on this laptop would be considerably greater. And we did not trust the FBI because of the weaponization that we had seen during the Mueller investigation and and Roger Stone's office getting raided or house getting raided at four in the morning and mm -hmm. just kind of the, their political bias. But we still believe that this this in the system and that this was the right course of action, that the, the FBI, this is what they're there to, to take care of. They're supposed to investigate this level of criminality. So uh, I mailed a copy to the, my father of the drive. And then I gave a copy to a friend of mine uh, and with that copy in a manila envelope was a letter and it was addressed to Rudy Giuliani because during that time, there was only one other person on the planet that I thought knew more about what the Bidens were up to in Ukraine. He was actually in the Ukraine at the time during that summer uh, and he was a lawyer. And I figured, you know, Rudy Giuliani would know how to find me if I got thrown in a dark hole somewhere. So I wrote a letter saying, if you found me, it means the FBI is corrupt. They have a copy. Of, they know about the existence of this laptop, but they're, you know, and if you found this, I've disappeared in a hole. Come find me. So my friend actually sat on that copy and she checked on me uh, 
pretty much every other day. And if, uh, if something had happened to me, she would have hand delivered that to Rudy's office. So I, I can't begin to thank her for, for taking that one for me. So, and, and that's never been mailed to, to Rudy Giuliani, correct? Like she's- Actually, that's the one that I eventually in August of 2020 reached out to Rudy's office. Cause by then I knew something had to happen. I needed to get this to a lawyer for the president of the United States. And I was sitting on a copy of the drive that had a letter to the guy. So I just uh, contacted Rudy's office, spoke with his lawyer, Bob Costello, and then overnighted that same copy of the drive to Rudy's office or to Bob Costello's house on August 28th. Okay. And did you hear back from, from Rudy himself or, or any for anybody from the office saying, Hey, we've received a copy of this. We're going to mm-hmm. keep this safe. And if anything happens to you, uh, we will be here for you or to at least represent you in case chi- charges are filed uh, in any fashion regarding this, this laptop. So when I reached out to Rudy's office, uh, Bob Costello, his lawyer, responded. And we spoke on the phone for a little bit before we both agreed that the best course of action would be for me to overnight the drive to him. Uh, I worked with Bob for a couple of days afterwards to, uh, to access the data and to kind of point out things that I had researched and I had looked at and where they were. Um, and then it was kind of out of my hands. Um, you know, obviously, I called them when the New York Post found me in my shop on the Sunday before the article came out and scared the hell out of me. And I kind of called him up because John Solomon was poking around asking for my father and it was weird. And so it was kind of I, I uh, and then, of course, he, he did offer help, like at any point in time, especially after the article broke, when I was getting a lot of these death threats and a lot of attacks uh, towards me, um, you know, he was he was instrumental in getting a Wilmington detective to get me security at my shop. And I had Wilmington police pretty much parked in front of my shop for the three weeks I stayed open. I want to revisit the timeline a little bit. So Mm -hmm. you had, he dropped off the laptop sometime in April. Is that right? April 12th, 2019. 2019. And you went through the whole process of fixing it, trying to contact him 90 days past. You moved the uh, information onto another drive and uh, you alerted the FBI, what, in December of 2019? Is that right? My father alerted them October 9th, 2019. October, okay. And then nearly a year later in August 2020, you still hadn't heard back from the FBI, and that's when you contacted Giuliani's office, correct? Oh, no, no, no. So the, the uh, my father went to the FBI field office on October 9th, 2019. Okay. And he, he described it as the most humiliating experience of his life. Uh, the agent refused to give his name, uh, said that this doesn't sound like a, a federal issue. This sounds like a domestic or a civil problem. Uh, you better lawyer up and get out of our office. Uh, they did keep the copy of Hunter's signed paperwork, but they refused to take a copy of the drive. My father made multiple attempts to say, you need to get this and you need to get above all you need to get his son my father said get my son some level of protection and uh and the and it was kind of disheartening because that was it we didn't hear anything for the fbi for about a month and uh, i want to say it was early november i think it was november 1st actually so a couple weeks later uh an fbi field agent from the baltimore wilmington office reached out to my father in an effort to get a hold of me um, I agreed, and then two agents came to my home in uh, mid-November. I tried once again to give them the laptop, and I had 
printed up some things that were kind of, I felt pertinent to the imp impeachment hearings that were taking place. Because uh, I had definitely seen a lot of corruption in Ukraine. So I figured that this was good defense for the White House. And uh, the, again, the FBI agents didn't want to touch it. They didn't want to take anything. It was then on December 9th that agents came to my shop with a subpoena. And then they took everything. And I don't think those agents were had ever been, seen somebody so happy to be issued a subpoena. I was just, finally, I was getting everything I wanted. I had... And a guy I could call from the FBI if somebody came looking for him. They gave me instructions on what to say if Hunter came looking for it. Um, they, you know, I was really excited that they finally were getting this out of my shop. Yeah. And uh, I kind of cracked a joke at the end when they were walking out the door. And I said, don't worry, lads, I'll leave your name out when I write the book. And then that's when Agent Mike turned around and said, in our experience, nothing ever happens to people that don't talk about these things. So and he was definitely right in that aspect so yeah and the, and the book is american injustice my battle to expose the truth um i'm sorry eight so you didn't get the guy's last name oh i did can you share it uh because well, there's a couple of fbi agents uh elvis chan is one of them who belongs in mm -hmm. fucking federal well, prison i can at, i can give you the names if you want them so it's sure. agent wilson uh and then agents uh demeo d-e-m-e-o so DeMeo is actually like a criminal last name that I thought was appropriate for Mike because uh, Mike's the guy that gave me the thinly veiled threat and I told I would change the name. So in the book, I, I, I'm i a man of my word. I changed the name. Uh, but I think he was the bag man because he never, his name's not on any of the paperwork. Uh, if you do some research, I mean, again, I don't want to out this guy because I don't know how that how that works. It's <laughs> not the FBI, but um, I've done that enough already, I think, but uh it's he his name's been published out there i just okay. felt for, for oh gotcha uh, yeah, my yeah. personal so, satisfaction to leave the name out we'll find out who it is and i'll publish it because i don't give two fucks about the fbi yeah he, his name's not on any of the paperwork he's the one that was like okay from now once they took possession of the laptop and gave me a receipt for it they said all right no longer are we to communicate through emails you're only allowed to talk to mike only through texting only through this number it just it get all these red flags started flying up and i was like this just feels like i made a really bad decision and, and again kind of glad i made a copy and in, sure, in, yeah. in the book that I, I said earlier american injustice my battle to expose the truth these are made up names correct for the well, agents no, joshua wilson he he's he was out a long time ago his name's on the subpoena he's the he's the agent that signed everything okay so his i figure he's you know he put his name on it he's out there Agent Mike's the kind of the bag man that I'm kind of worried about because he scrubbed himself from the Internet. Like you can't find a photo of this guy anywhere. Um, and then for you personally, after handing this off, I mean, one would have to imagine uh, not only did you feel relieved, but were you also a little bit paranoid of, oh, my God, what happens now? And and are people going to be following me and bugging my phones and all that stuff? Well, I was more concerned that. You know, that I, that I had given this to agents that were actually going to get this to the impeachment trial. And when the impeachment trial went down and there was no sign of this laptop, I realized that that was the point. So it was about end of February. I realized that there was no way that the Biden or that the FBI cared about protecting me. They, they were in it to protect the Bidens. So uh, I, that's when I sent my father and my uncle. I gave them all the stuff I tried to give the FBI that they ignored all the printed up Burisma stuff and Ukraine stuff. And uh, 
I gave that to my uncle and my father and then sent them off over about the next four months trying to reach out to members of Congress. Uh, unfortunately, this was also right during the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I think the combination of uh, a paranoid and preoccupied Congress, just our cries for help fell on deaf ears. And that's why in, finally in August, I had enough and I decided that uh, I needed to go and just re- go, go with my gut and reach, reach out to Rudy Giuliani. And because I tried to, I tried the Department of Justice. I tried the uh, legislative branch. Mm. So I figured I'd go to the executive branch. So you took um, it. It It was. August of 2020, so there was 10 months between the time you first tried to contact the FBI and the time you finally had had enough because nothing happened, right? Mm-hmm. So it took two months for the FBI even to respond to you. Then they send a bag man with a fake name over. Uh, well, I guess he wasn't using a fake name, but uh, they send a bag man over to fucking handle this. You don't hear anything, even including during this impeachment trial. <clears throat> and... Did you have more contact with the FBI between December 9th, 2019 and August 2020? I don't know. Um, Right before the pandemic hit, a young lady walked into my shop and I make it a rule not to flirt or fraternize with customers because, you know, that's the kind of stuff you don't need in a Google review or on a Yelp thing. So uh, but then she showed up at the uh, my local watering hole like a couple days before the lockdown. And then we bumped into each other on social media and then we started talking. And then uh, during the lockdown, she was in Pennsylvania and I'm in Delaware. So it's kind of long distance. Uh, but then that's got to know her. And she informed me that she used to work for the FBI. Um, and we talked some more. Obviously, I kind of got a little guarded because I'm thinking, oh, honeypot. Yeah. Um, and but, you know, then the the. COVID's relaxed enough. We were able to go out on dates and, you know, started a relationship that I thought was pretty good until she came over to the house one day and informed me that she had just been put on a um, disinformation board. And this disinformation board is focused on uh, the disinformation that's coming out about Hunter Biden, Biden's and Burisma. What are the chances? What are the chances? And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So I kind of, you know, I, I definitely got guarded. She, I didn't tell her anything of this. Uh, she was, I'm kind of, I have a thing for liberal women. I, I like uh, compassionate people that want to save the planet and have big hearts and artistic. So uh, I knew she would murder me in my sleep if she had, had known what I, my efforts to try to get this contents of this laptop to the authorities. <laughs> so uh, uh, I kind of kept my cool, but then things escalated. Then she dumped me. So, and and I figure, well, I don't have to worry about being murdered in my sleep, so I'll go to Rudy Giuliani now. Still don't know if that was uh, if she was my handler, if she was kind of it was just seemed odd and weird timing. And then and then when it all kind of came to a head, it was just so abrupt. And and that it always kind of <laughs> I will always wonder if I. If that wasn't my handler. Sure, yeah. Yeah, did, did she stay at your house at all overnight or anything like that? And were you- She left a piano. I have a piano. Trust me. I'm thinking if you want to have a listening device with a battery big enough to go for like a couple years, then piano. She left her piano here. I, I mean, what is it? Was it a keyboard? Or are, we, are we talking like a baby grand piano here? Like I an mean- upright, like a Steinway kind of upright. Jesus Christ, that's a heavy piano. How'd you get it out of yeah. your house? I know. It's still here. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, now I, I talk to it. I talk to it. If the FBI is still listening, I, I give, I read them stories in the evening. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they have an extensive dossier on my cats and my love for them. So, okay. You know. Yeah, so. I, I, it would be an interesting ploy there to leave a, a full Steinway piano knowing that to get it moved would either be very costly or you'd have to have some friends. And uh, and that's not something you just chuck in the river or leave out at the curb, obviously. I mean, it's a $20,000 piano. Sure is. So. Oh, I, don't, sure is. I don't. It's not a nice one. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, it's I paid $250 to get it tuned or the FBI agent came in to tune the battery or the mic. I don't know. It could have been one or the other. Okay, so uh, real quick, uh, uh, quickly here, back to the timeline. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, when you get to August of 2020, uh, Rudy Giuliani provided a copy of the laptop and its contents to the New York Post, and that's when the New York Post started reporting on these Trevor, these like treasure trove of emails. Correct? Yeah, that was o- October 14th. So, and and for the record. I never met Rudy. I never spoke with him. I told Bob Costello I I wanted nobody to know who I was because even in August of 2020, I was convinced that I could somehow get out of this without losing my business, without losing my place in the community because I I live 10 miles from Joe's house. I knew the wrath would be Mm. more than I could take. So I, I told Bob, I was like, nobody's to know who I am. So I was just referred to as Bob's guy until October 14th when the New York Post ran the story and, and uh, my shop was outed and then you, you know, I'm the only one there. So what, people were able to put two and two here, together. Here, here's a good question. So, the, yeah, the New York Post article ran on, on the 14th of October, but right before 7 p.m. Eastern on the 13th, Hunter Biden's lawyer emails you. Yeah, well, he called me first. He calls me scares the shit out of me um i mean did how did he get your information i guess is the question i have i i have no idea he calls me up about 10 minutes before closing and he says uh he goes hey mike i'm a lawyer i represent hunter biden uh he dropped off a laptop with you sometime in 2017 do you still have it uh and i i basically told him what the fbi told me to tell him which was stall him for you know tell him it's in an off-site location that'll take a day or two to retrieve it if i've even held on to it that long and i was immediately to hang up and then call or text uh agent mike and say hey you know hunter's looking for it and then they would make arrangements to have it returned to me which i always thought that was odd because in my mind this should be in an evidence locker somewhere outside of langley or dc or something so, yeah and then looking yeah. at the timeline um i would imagine because uh, what happens dan in most of these news stories is the night before they go to print they ask you for a comments right yeah, and they usually wait until late in the day so you don't have time to actually yes. give a good comment yes yeah. um and so that's probably when his <laughs> lawyer reached out and said oh shit mm. hey hunter did you accidentally accidentally leave your laptop at this place mm. Which will again leave me lead me back to the the incompetence question here. What did what did the FBI do for a year, and how did they not get a hold of the guy who was running for president of the United yeah. States? I mean, the other part of it is that the only or the only people who could have known that it was John Paul in his shop was the FBI. So the FBI either let the press know, or when Hunter Biden's attorney called the FBI to ask them about it, they let them know. There's no other way unless they were surveilling somebody's communication somewhere right. illegally there's no way they could have known this just to be clear yeah and if it's a president's dummy son who's 10 miles from the house and just drops it off no big deal again i've i've worked in production for 20 something years i've probably taken in 
God, maybe eight to 10 computers, laptops, drives over the years to try to recover information and everything else. Never have I had a problem, but also there was nothing that was ever on the drives that I would be concerned with, um, that it would actually mean anything or make a dent in anything. Uh, when, When this story did get released by the Post, did you have to shut down your business? Because knowing your location, everything that was going on at the time, and how heated the country was, I'm sure there was people that came out of the, the woodwork to attack you personally. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it started instantaneously. I started getting voicemails left at the shop at, at I think, as early as 7 in the morning. And I, the New York Post came out with a story at like 6.30 in the morning. So it didn't really take too long for people to figure it out and then start attacking me. Uh, ironically, the efforts that social and mainstream media went to to block the story actually helped me because – Initially, customers were coming in and they were asking, like, why is there dog shit on your window or why are the tomatoes or eggs on on the curb? Or, And they just didn't know because the story was being uh, blocked from them. So uh, it didn't after, that lasted for like a week or two. Um, by the third week, I was having people come into the shop, uh, had to be removed a couple of times by the police. Um, I had a couple of guys come in one night and I had a little old lady at the counter and they came in and they weren't carrying any computers. They, it was, it was, it was bad. And I finally, after, after three weeks, I, it was November 2nd, I closed the shop and then I was on a plane by November 5th and I got out of Dodge. I didn't go back. Uh, I was gone for about a year. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, looking at the timeline, this would have been roughly three and a half weeks before the election itself. Mm. Um, This certainly would have changed the election. Uh, now that we know the information, you know, uh, in which we have over the last couple of weeks with the Twitter files being released and that this indeed is a real laptop and a real story that everybody tried to suppress. Do you look at what's going on and feel vindicated or do you still feel hurtful for everything that happened to you? Cause I, I know you got a multimillion dollar defamation suit uh, against uh, Adam Schiff right now as well. How do you look back on everything? Well, I I, obviously I feel a little bit of vindication. I mean, I've I felt like like I knew this was a hell of a lot bigger than me by nine o'clock in the morning on October 14th when Twitter shut everything down and and Facebook throttled it. And it was basically the story was being completely squashed. And then the narrative replaced that this was Russian disinformation. Mm -hmm. And I thought that there's just no way this happens organically they were ready for this. They were prepared. This was a switch that somebody flicked and they all lockstep in line together to push this narrative. And I realized this is now a lot bigger than just me trying to get a laptop with a guy that's got criminality on it to the authorities. This, this is collusion between our, our intelligence community and then our mainstream and social media. And I, I think it was a couple of days later on October 28th when Zuckerberg was testifying about Section 230 and mm-hmm. before Congress, and he admitted that the FBI was commonplace for them to warn them. And they had warned them at the end of the summer of a, of, of a massive dump of documents that could affect you know, before the election of foreign intelligence. And I'm thinking somebody had to be monitoring either my communications with Bob Costello when I reached out or monitoring Rudy Giuliani's communications when Bob Costello was talking to Rudy about this. And and as we have learned, the FBI was monitoring Rudy's iCloud account since that previous May. 
So it's all the pieces are coming together that make the that people have been labeling me a conspiracy theorist or a perpetuator of con these conspiracies for the past two and a half years. And, and now it's like, great. And now it's real. And, and I'm not asking for an apology. Lost, like I learned my lesson with Twitter that because uh, I tried to sue Twitter for defamation. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're learning that how the level of deceit that they went to, like my case was just strictly there to punish me financially, to have my case thrown out with prejudice so that I would have my legs cut off and I would never be able to fight a legal battle again. And they were right. Like I would never have written my book if it wasn't for my complete destruction by Twitter. Because uh, I figured my my efforts to defend my actions and to hold those accountable in a court of law were gone. Now let me write a book because that's my last chance to tell the story. Mm. And uh, so I'm grateful for Twitter kind of handing me my ass to because I would never have written a book. Uh, and I'm grateful for Elon to reveal the truth because it's again I'm not probably ever going to get an apology, but uh, it does feel good to know that I was right this whole time. And Hey, John, real quick, we got some sponsors that put this show on the air. Let me chat about them real quick, and we'll hop back in here. First and foremost, GoSped.com forward slash drinking bros. It's time. It's time. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Now, I know I said last week if you ordered the bed, it'll be there in time for Christmas. I don't know right now. It's December 19th. They might be cutting it a little close, but you could still enjoy it for New Year's. They're back on the roads delivering these mattresses right to your house, and you get 40% off a bundle package right now when you use the promo code DRINKINGBROS at checkout. Uh, that adjustable base. I've had it for three years. I'll never go back. It's got a super sleek remote, uh, USB ports on it, flashlights, the whole shebang. It even vibrates from head to toe. And if your loved one goes to sleep before you do and you want to stay up and watch TV, they offer it in a split king with two remote controls, still 40% off. Uh, you get the mattress and you get the adjustable base. Now, if you have one and you just want the mattress, Type in the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout. You get 30% off a mattress and two free luxury pillows. That will go until January 1st. The deals usually change in January, so hop on it now and get it. The pillows are just as great as the goddamn mattress. And don't get me started on the sheets. I love those sheets. I got them on every mattress in my house. Huge fan. They've got a cover for the bed in case you got kids and whatnot spilling drinks eating food on the bed uh that's that's no blames get a cover for it and uh and they also got a weighted blanket that i heard is so amazing it makes you sleep for for 14 hours haven't tried it yet okay but peruse the entire catalog fill up the cart as high as it'll go type in the promo code drinking bros at checkout and you get 30 percent off at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros now when you check out you're going to see a 60 month pay as you go program no interest as long as you have decent credit check that box and uh guess what you can walk out of there with a brand new bedroom set for about 25 bucks a month Head on over to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we got mybookie.com. Promo code drinking bros doubles your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. My God, man, did I take them to the cleaners yesterday? That is the biggest single 
day I've ever had in uh, in gambling in in my NFL career here on being in this show uh, for five years now. I'm sorry, my bookie. However, you did take me uh, a couple weeks ago, so we're even, bro. We got the Monday night game on tonight. College bowl season is in full swing. You're going to be home drinking and eating with your family. You might as well throw a little bit of money on the game to keep it interesting. Keep it on in the background, dude. And don't forget, most of the NFL games are on Saturday for the Christmas holiday because that is the 24th. There's only one game on the 25th. I think it's Denver. Ish. So go ahead and bet on those uh, Christmas Eve games. And there is a ton of college football to bet on right now. As I mentioned, bowl season is in full swing. Turn your love of sports into your new side hustle. Head on over to mybookie.com. Use promo code Drinking Bros to double your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Get off the couch and get into the action today with mybookie.com. Promo code drinking bros doubles your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. Sure, and you're right about the assessment of how everything went down too. I mean, yeah. if you read the uh, <clears throat> if you read today's reporting from Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger is a friend of the show. Um, on the next day on the 14th, when the story published from the New York Post, it was it posted in the morning, and it took about three hours for Twitter and Facebook, etc., to start censoring the story, even in people's. Uh, private messages Mm -hmm. like they made it impossible to share the link in private messages what we later discovered both from uh, Yoel Ross deposition and from Zuckerberg on Rogan is that uh, FBI agent Elvis Chan specifically spent the previous few months assuring social media companies that there was impending Russian disinformation and he emailed uh, 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 the he emailed Twitter Facebook and other social media companies about 9 p.m. on 10:13, the night before the story published, and let them know that there was uh, that story was coming out and that they should censor it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're this is in the in the military and intelligence community we call this battlefield preparation. Right. So if it's a kinetic military operation, battlefield preparation usually means um, artillery and airstrikes to soften hard targets so we can send ground troops in. In information warfare, which is what this is. It means establishing certain quote-unquote truths, right? Yep. So if you say something enough times, if, if anybody in authority says something enough times, people assume that it's real, regardless yes. of whether it's real or not. Yep. And then when you have FBI special agent in charge of tech on the West Coast and, and, and San Francisco telling you that this shit's fake, uh, and then when you have 50 former intelligence community people sign a letter to that effect, then people really believed it. You can't tell me that didn't affect the outcome of an election. Absolutely. And, you know, the White House press secretary, uh, McCainy, when she had posted the New York Post article, uh, her not only was her tweet deleted, but her account was blocked for 24 hours for posting the link to this article so that nobody could read it. And then, therefore, saying essentially to the world, what she posted is misinformation, which we now know that it wasn't. Uh, yes, this could have uh, affected an election, um, something this close to it as well. Uh, looking back through everything that, that Schellenberger posted here today, um, 
Look, it's pretty obvious that not only does the laptop exist, uh, but Jen Psaki also made announcements uh, right after December 19th-ish, somewhere in there, saying that the laptop itself, the story, was Russian disinformation. Uh, Then you had Leslie Stahl interviewing President Trump uh, about a week and a half after that when he brought up the Hunter Biden laptop live on air with Leslie Stahl, she said, this never happened. I've talked to every source that I can, including all of our intels, and the the laptop doesn't exist. Um, Do you think when the new house gets in there in January, you will be called to testify on how this could have swayed the election going back to 2020? Because that's certainly what it looks like. Well, I, I've told uh, the different groups that I have been working with uh, in the House that I, I would be willing to testify. Absolutely. I only have one condition, and that's uh, I get to wear my kilt. Um, and then I, I get to yell at Adam Schiff if, if possible. Uh, the I don't think I need to testify. I, uh, I've been working over the past six months with different groups from the House, different committees from the House, and ensuring that they have uh, clean fresh copies of the drive that haven't been circulating for the past two years that are haven't been touched since i made a copy of them and gave them to my father back in you know october of 2019 uh making sure things like um the like right now the opposition they're they're going to try to challenge the chain of custody they can't disprove the laptop they can't say the laptop's russian they can't say it's fake data uh, the CBS did a great forensics job after a, a copy that I gave, uh, my attorney gave them. So yeah, I watched that. Of, I watched that by the way, and they did confirm yeah. the validity and and uh, of the laptop, and they said this is real. Mm-hmm. The only thing they can do now, which is what I feel that they're going to try to do, is they're going to try to uh, challenge the chain of custody and make it look like this was all a Republican operation to. Trash the Bidens that got started in 2018 with Alba's computer that got left there and Roger Stone got it. If you look up Kevin Morris's mind map, it's very entertaining, but it does kind of give you an idea of where they would possibly try to challenge the chain of custody because they can't make it go away. They can just make it look like a smear campaign. Mm. Sure, that's but, why but those Congress people- has been very good at making sure that this is a, a they're going to go after Joe and his involvement and that is right. this isn't an attack on Hunter. But there's so, also for the emails sent there's those files persist somewhere on an emails cloud like server somewhere if it's Go- if it was gmail he was using yep. even if it was a private email server uh they they chances are they exist somewhere so even if somebody tried to make that claim that they had been edited first of all you can tell in the metadata if it's been edited or not but beyond that it would be that's going to be a hard sell to convince americans that this was altered after the fact well, they, I think they're going to challenge, uh, was it Hunter that came in? I mean, I'm legally blind, and I could not visually recognize Hunter. It, was in, it wasn't until the day and later when the guy, the high-pitched voice of the guy that came into my shop dropping off these laptops was the same guy that was starring in his homemade porn, <laughs> that I'm 100% sure that it was Hunter Biden. So we, but just to cover my bum, and when we were going against Twitter, we had a 30-year FBI veteran uh, retired a uh, handwriting specialist uh, charged me an arm and a leg to deliver a 24-page report on not only is this 99.8% Hunter Biden signature, they gave me a psychological evaluation of the guy that signed it at that time. So 
all that information, everything that I had that we were going to use against Twitter before the case got thrown out, we're making sure that those two mm -hmm. attorney generals in Louisiana and Missouri have that access to that data. Everybody at Congress that wants a copy gets a copy. Uh, that way, if they're going to try to take, when I say take me out, uh, I'm thinking more of a gag order or getting me a witness or punishing me through whatever the Washington Post ran the story like, what, mm -hmm. two weeks ago about how um, their uh, Hunter's legal team is going on the offensive. Right. Whatever they do to me, it, that ship's on sale. <laughs> well, I mean, they're probably going to post videos of you <laughs> doing baby talk to your cats in your living room, which is, you know, it is what it is. We all talk to say, our... I didn't say baby cat or baby talk, but... Uh, <laughs> well, we all, I, we all talk to our pets differently than we do in front of other people when we're alone. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Was there any video surveillance of Hunter walking in and out of the shop at that time? No, I don't think I had cameras up at okay. that time. Because I never had a problem with security. Sure. I mean, I was nobody robbed me. I didn't sell anything. I was strictly serviced. What so, a, what about that? Uh, so you say you paid that retired FBI agent for a psychological analysis of the signature. Is that information available somewhere? That the psychological profile is it in your book, or is it somewhere else that we can see? I would. That's fascinating to me. I'd love to see that. Yeah, actually, I think um, I think the Washington Examiner ran a story about it. You can Google it up. Uh, handwriting specialist confirms Hunter Biden's signature. Delaware lawyer something you know it's it's out there sweet yeah um god this is such a crazy story forgive me um mm -hmm. did Donald Trump himself ever reach out to you mm -hmm. no not at all no and were you aware just out of curiosity I don't know how much before this you followed politics um <clears throat> were you aware of the controversy surrounding Joe Biden um, having the Ukrainian prosecutor fired that was investigating mm. Hunter at Burisma before any of this? No, no. I, I really, again, I, politics never really interests me to the point of like, it's not the thing that uh, gravitates me towards other people mm. when I want to build a friendship or a relationship. It's not what I measure people by or, or against. And so I really didn't pay too much attention to it. Because it was low on my care level, I think I voted more with my wallet than than ideals and <laughs> beliefs, um, and I, and I really didn't consider. I I think uh, the the old term uh, socially liberal, fiscally conservative, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think you can use that anymore because the the woke people get upset. You have to pick a side. Yeah, it's, it's black and white, and you can't have you can't have a gray area. So I really didn't pay that much attention again to what the Bidens look like or or were up to. Uh, it wasn't until I was seen a lot of things in the news on that during the summer of 2019 and realized that I was not only sitting on a time bomb, but criminality that needed to be given to the authorities. Okay. Um, has anybody ever offered a payment for a drive themselves to look through, like uh, either be it a collector or some other government? No. Uh, well, I, I mean, people have reached out to me on like Facebook and social media, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it or, you know, something not, not serious and, and no response. Like I was so paranoid of, of getting in trouble with this, like Bob Costello offered, he was like, do you want the credit card? So you can, uh, we'll pay to have you overnight the package to us. I'm like, no, I'm going to pay for this out of my pocket because this is my bed and I'm, I'm going to lay it. I was worried that that $29 would come back on me as a campaign violation mm -hmm. or something. Sure. You know? 
So it's like I was so paranoid of of being partisan for being uh, for getting money involved and politics involved. You know, it's it's uh, I, you know, I, I paid for this out of my pocket and wanted nothing to do with money because money and politics ruins everything. Yeah, the reason I ask uh, that that's uh, Aaron Judge Ball just sold last night at an auction. Yeah, he lost mo- or the the dumb dumb that caught it lost money on that deal. He should have been a good dude and said, "Aaron Judge, three million bucks. That's great money." Yeah, instead he got half. He got half of it. What a stupid bastard! But By the imagine way, imagine how much this would be for. Oh like, yeah, holy for sure, shit! Yeah. By just the to way, have a copy of it. If that guy manages your hedge fund, get the fuck out. Yeah, seriously, because all he had to do, frankly, one was accept the offer immediately from Judge, and two, wait one calendar year after he became into possession of it, yeah. and he would have paid uh uh instead of paying the full tax on income he would have paid uh capital gains tax which is 22 percent. right right he would have paid way less tax sure would have so the guys if he's a, if he is managing he is capital, a financial guy oh my god yeah he is he what is. a fucking yeah, dumb yeah, he's a branch manager at a hedge hedge fund down yep. in uh houston <laughs> no he's in but, he's in dallas oh he's in dallas yeah. but but either way when i saw that and and i knew you were coming on today i was like man I would I would be certain there would be people from around the world calling you asking you how much do you want for a copy of this drive because I'm sure there's things on it that we still haven't seen as the public that you know about that are on this drive currently. Well, yeah, I mean, I I've only just recently I figured because Hunter's team's going on the offensive and I I filed a lawsuit against Hunter Biden because he knows damn well that that was his laptop and he went on the news and told people that it was Russian it could be Russian it could be stolen so he he gets punished his dad went on national TV during a debate and called it Russian so we're going to sue him the lawsuits are to put pressure I've come to determination that this isn't something I'm supposed to win this is something hopefully I live through and they're supposed to lose so yeah, the the lawsuits that's that's more for just pressure and keeping pressure on them. But you know, it, it's nah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, look, as yeah. far as the lawsuits are concerned, I know mm-hmm. how costly those are. Is there a lawyer that's helping you out pro bono during any of this? Because if not, how do you afford suing the presidents and, and, and as well as their whole team? I mean, that's expensive. Well, my my lawyer has uh, been with me from the beginning and i feel really bad for him because he hasn't made any money uh he's supposed to get some percentage of whatever i whatever i win and i haven't won anything but he's also kept me alive and he's kept me safe and and i'm grateful for him so i'm i'm with him till the end again i feel bad i feel bad for his wife because he probably doesn't get nice presents uh for christmas because of this but uh because he spends a lot of time and a lot of effort on this lawsuit and uh i i hope that He'll get that back in the end. But the America Project with Joe Flynn, who's General Flynn's brother, uh, they actually have uh, sponsored my legal battles. So I'm I'm recovered mostly from Twitter. Um, I, I friends set up a give send go. So I've been getting donations from that that have been covering uh, a lot of my expenses. Um, and then I wrote a book, so hopefully that'll help me get my head above water so I can uh, re, 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 reinvent my life and get on with this. But it was never before I had my brain fart and lost my train of thought. This this was never about money for me. I, I We see what happened to the, the Ashley Biden diary kids they are mm-hmm. doing like 20 years. You know, I, I was never my responsibility to hand this laptop to anybody other than the authorities or people of authority. Sure. And, I, and I, to this day, I will stick to that. 
I won't hand it to any press. I won't. And there's stuff that I haven't seen talked about. One fear that I had was, you know, Hunter was trying to get this guy, this bouncer that threw him out. He was trying to get his name from another bouncer because he was going to have him killed. And he kept saying, no, Frankie, you're going to tell me his name. I'm going to have him killed. Don't leave me like this, Frankie. And this went on for 10, 20 minutes, this back and forth. And he was like, don't, I will never talk to you again. Just give me his name. And I thought, this is, this is Hunter's going to try to have this guy killed because he threw him out of a bar. Imagine what he's going to do when he finds out that I'm trying to get his laptop to the FBI. Did, so, wait, I, I'm I, sorry. I, I haven't heard anything about this before. So some mm-hmm. there, there are emails or some communication text, text messages, messages. Mm-hmm. on his iCloud account that was on his laptop where he was trying to get a dude's name from a bar so he could have him clipped. And he said that. He just said out. Yeah. Yeah, I want his name. Give me his name. I'm going to have him effing killed. And So how the fuck is this dude, A, not in jail? Because there's two crimes. He's committed a crime using wireless that it, over the communications, right? Sure. That's a federal crime, so mm-hmm. the FBI should have arrested him already for that. And two, communicating a threat like that over the airwaves is also a threat. Somebody just got arrested for that last week by the FBI, as a matter of fact. Well, it's the president's. No, son. instead he gets to go to Nantucket. Yeah, yeah, he gets to go to Nantucket and just chill out, <laughs> smoke some more crack, have some prostitutes. It's the president's kid. Every, Wait, everything how, that's going is, on right now, how though. How is this part of the story not made it into the public? I, I watched this pretty closely. I've never – have you have – you, has anybody from the press talked to you about this specific thing that Hunter no, Biden did? No, I've only when, – when the Washington Post decided to go on the offensive and list Tony Bobulinski and myself as key witnesses – to me, that's a dog whistle to say, do Tony and I harm. If you want to make sure Congress doesn't act on what's on that laptop, the Washington Post identified the two people that would affect that. So I figured that's their warning shot across my bow. Next time I have an opportunity, I'm going to let people know what, why I had a legitimate fear for the first son. Okay. Um, Now, real quickly here before we leave, we'll talk about your book, uh, American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. Uh, What is in this book and and what are you hoping uh, that readers can get out of your life story? Well, it's it's not it's not my life story. Unfortunately, that that would be a very small book. Uh, This is just a portion of it. It's, It's basically me explaining why I did what I did, what I went through. And hopefully it's a cautionary tale so that it won't happen again. We can we can use this as a tool to fix what's broken. I mean, I'm a repairman at heart, and sometimes you have to watch something break before you can fix it. And, well, we've definitely seen the FBI break and the Department of Justice breaks. And I think now we know how deep it's uh, with Elon's releases of the Twitter files and other testimony. We're going to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, and then maybe we can fix it properly. So moving forward, I'm hoping that the book is, above all, Congress can look at it and have a timeline and have time and date stamps and emails and everything's in the book that explains everything that I went through, my interactions with the FBI, so that we're all on the same page, so that when it comes time, January 3rd or, yeah, 3rd to uh, to have them take over the House, they're going to they're gonna win. Okay. They're going to deliver me justice. So. Yeah. Um, and last question for you here before you get out of here. Um, you said you moved away from Delaware. Are you safe and in a good spot where you feel uh pretty secure in your day-to-day life that you're not going to go walking down the street and get get abstained or anything no i don't i don't i was i don't leave the house very often uh my my buddy i call him my human shield greg uh, he uh, he took me to a bar the other night and i had to leave rather abruptly because there was a group of people that were going to try to tell the owner and spread the word that i had a gun 
And this is about two weeks after the uh, Colorado Springs shooting. Mm. So I thought that was kind of bad form. So I got out of there. Usually when I go out, somebody gets in my face. And I'm again, I'm, I'm visually impaired. I'm not going to I'm not going to be able to see it coming. So if I can, I'm safe in my home. I, I, I feel very comfortable in my home. And since well, COVID delivered us all our groceries and everything we need. So, you know, I, I don't need to leave. You're good to go. Uh, tell everybody where they can buy the book. It's uh, American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. It's on Amazon and all your favorite uh, online book sellers. I, somebody saw it in a Target. But, uh, and and, and I, can I just say one thing? Sure. Um, I was not built for this. <laughs> like, I'm kind of an introvert, and I'm so outside of my comfort zone for the past three years. Uh, I would not have been able to get this far in my fight if it hadn't been for the support that I've received from from at least half the country that knows I wasn't a stooge for Putin. And I just want to any opportunity I have to thank them for their prayers and their support and for standing behind me. Like, I'm going to win this and fight this to the end because I have that half the country depending on me. And I want to say thank you to them. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you for your time today and uh, and for speaking up and, and, and telling the truth. Uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't have done the same in your position and uh, we appreciate it sir Uh, check out the book it is called American Injustice My Battle to Expose the Truth Uh, it is out everywhere today nice little stocking stuffer here with about four days left until the holiday thank you for joining us sir thank you gentlemen Merry Christmas take care Uh, D'Anthony before uh, uh, we get out of here today you had sent me a a special drinking bro (laughs) Uh, for the drinking bro of the week that we were going to chat about, uh, go ahead and and, uh, and tell the audience who that is. Yeah, let me pull up the uh, the message that I got here. Sure, just one moment. I have it if you want it. I got. Well, I wanted to get the guy's name too. Yeah, because I don't have his name. The message came from Cole Hodges. He says, "Hey Dan, can I get you guys to mention my dad, Ron, for drinking bro today? I assume his name is Ron Hodges. He could use the encouragement." Uh, the he's he's owned and ran his own company for 35 years, been incredibly successful in that time, and doing so he's brought uh, he let's see brought his son Cole who who sent the message in to work for him. In the last year, he's been a huge role model uh, to him and, and also influenced him quite a bit in his life. So it sounds like the dad's had a bit of a go mm. lately but he's really even in that time period has really taken uh his son cole under his wing so you know ron ron hodges good dude yeah cheers yeah cheers um is he gone bob yeah okay um i kind of just wanted to, to to chat here before <laughs> we 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 close out um first of all the story is fucking insane to me this guy was a lot brighter than i thought when you show up with a hat like that, it kind of mm. it, it seems hard to take you serious initially. Yeah, well. uh, and then obviously he's visually impaired and everything else. And uh, isn't that kind of the the whole vibe of all of this? Of, of like, hey, dude, if we paint these people as fucking crazy, yeah, um, then all of this will seem, you know, uh, like a farce. Uh, it, it's just it's weird that it, it's actually going on, and we're the ones that are made to to feel crazy. Or that you know somebody's lying and everything else. Uh, this clearly affected the fucking election. I mean, if they would have dropped all this shit, that would have had. Well, I mean, I guess it was was it mail in then. It was a mail in ballot yeah. Yeah, for twenty twenty. Yeah. So, 
Would it have? I, I don't really fucking know, but uh, yes, I, I think so too. Yes, I think of course so too. It I mean, uh, the the obvious part before today was that this information being suppressed affected the election. I think everybody already knew that. What we thought we knew and didn't know a hundred percent was that the United States intelligence community, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, uh, the CIA, uh, the FBI, and the Department of Justice over there. Um, so, so our, our lead legal people and our lead intelligence people conspired to suppress this information mm-hmm. because they wanted Donald Trump out of office. Yeah. Or they wanted, it, it could be that, or it could be that they wanted uh, Joe Biden as a puppet in office. Either way, it's still treason. Yes. And these, these people need to be uh, prosecuted and then executed publicly. And I'm looking at the timeline because I jumped up to get a pen in the middle of the show here. All of this dates back to October 9th of 2019. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good solid year mm-hmm. before the election. I mean, if this story was brought to light then, and let's say they had done the proper investigation while all of this was going mm-hmm. on, there's not one fucking prayer he would have became president. Correct. So, And just to be clear, the facts that we know, look, this isn't about Hunter Biden uh, being a fucking degenerate and liking, liking hookers and drugs, because I honestly, who doesn't? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> um, and if you had the money to do that with impunity, especially from prosecution, you probably would. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. Uh, wealthy children often turn out to be pieces of shit. Yeah, but <clears throat> the the issue is that well, one Hunter Biden apparently was uh, using the airwaves to communicate uh, death threats, essentially, mm-hmm. right, which is a federal crime. But more importantly, he sold. We know now for sure from a a separate New York Post article that he um, sold influence to the tune of about $10 million to get people in the room with his dad. Mm -hmm. That's illegal. Uh, We also know that uh, some shady business dealings he had with foreign governments, 10% of it went to his dad, right? And we know that because when somebody tried to prosecute Hunter in Ukraine, Joe Biden withheld U.S. funds, right, at Mm -hmm. the executive branch level as a vice president from them until they fired that prosecutor. Yeah. Right? This guy is a criminal, and the entire family is filled with criminals, and they all belong in prison, not in the fucking White House. So if you're going to spend this much time on, like, January 6th, and before we, we, we started the show today, uh, it's all over the news. So they had just blocked out all of it. So ABC, NBC, CBS, they're still running these January 6th hearings, and then they're making recommendations on, on who should uh, be prosecuted and everything like that. We've spent over two years on this, uh, a lot of taxpayer money, um, and then a, a lot of publicity. I mean, a lot of this shit was in prime time. This, to me, would be the biggest prime time story of all time. It is, yeah. And here's what we'll find out. So the new Congress gets sworn in on, what, January 5th, I think, something like that? Uh, it might be the end. It might be towards the 20th, I think. No, that's, the, that's when presidents get okay. sworn in. The new Congress gets sworn in the first week of January. Okay. I, think. I think it's one of the first weekdays back in service i think the fifth is what wednesday or thursday yeah i don't yeah. remember i think i feel like i read the somewhere fourth, yeah the fourth is on wednesday yeah, yeah. yeah. i feel like That's i read somewhere back. that they get sworn in to the new congress on the fifth if uh hearings on this don't begin relatively quickly right and we don't see uh investigations that lead to prosecutions for all of this stuff including an impeachment trial of biden 
people ask me all the time, when's it time to start fucking ignoring federal authority and fight back against it? That would be the time. Because if that happens and this stuff doesn't get investigated and then prosecuted, then our country's fucked. And like all the institutions that seem too big to fight against because of blah, 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 they don't exist anymore. Mm. Like you have to stop paying any attention to these people. Well, I mean, I look at it like the Leslie Stahl thing that I brought up earlier. Like, you have, quote-unquote, some of the most respected news journalists out there. I mean, she's been at 60 Minutes now for fucking 80 years at this point. She's older than shit. I mean, she's already got a fucking foot in the grave. To have the audacity to sit in front of the president of the United States, the sitting president, and say what you're saying is simply untrue. Mm -hmm. And we've played that clip on the show before. Um, what you're saying is simply untrue. I've checked with all of my Intel people, and they're saying there is no laptop. None of this happened. To sit there and have the audacity to say you know more than the sitting president of the United States is fucking insane. Now that we have this guy's timeline of when he reached out to Giuliani and everybody else, clearly the fucking president knew what he was talking about. Yep. And he had a hard drive. He had a fucking hard drive. So... What are we doing anymore? Yeah, Why I'm, isn't there apologies for from any of these people just even to build your own reputation back? If you're 60 Minutes and you're Leslie Stahl or you're any of these fucking people who are on the news, Schiff, all these guys that are, are, are getting sued for this right now for defamation, why not come out and say, hey, guys, we had the wrong information and we were wrong? Is it because there would be pushback saying, well, who gave you the wrong information? Because it would have to be our own government at that point, right? Correct, yeah. I mean, it's that's a good question. Uh, I think admitting that they're wrong now would um, probably put them in some legal hot water. And for me, uh, yes, it would. Um, and, and a lot of money, obviously. Mm -hmm. But for me, if we're going to try to regain trust with the media, trust within journalism and everything else, it has to start with the people who got it wrong. I mean, even I sat on this fucking show after I did Alex Jones show, I forget how many years ago it was. And I said, look, man, when he was talking about the Lolita Express and all that other stuff, and I apologized to him live on air. And I said, hey, I was incorrect about all of that. Holy shit, I seem like a fucking dumbass. I apologize to you. I was wrong, everything else. And it's no skin off my back. I didn't know the, the, the correct information. What I said was the story sounded so crazy that it was hard to believe. With something as tangible as this, where you have a physical fucking laptop that you can pick up, you have a physical hard drive that you can plug in and see all of this shit. I don't understand why you hold on to the same fucking lie and story over and over and over again. And then the, I, I go back to the person who hacked this and put it all out on the internet. Who was it, Bob? Was it Reddit? Like, who got a hold of all of these videos and... and Oh, I have no photographs idea. Photographs first, like, because then to me, part of me, to, to be totally honest, like I, when I heard the story, I was like, eh, this sounds too far fetched. There's no way somebody would, a president's kid would just drop a laptop off down the street, just like you and I do mm -hmm. uh, at like production. There's no way. Um, if it weren't for the pictures and the videos and all that other shit that was leaked and put out online, I don't know that I would have believed in this story. I really don't. I, they would have had me at least. Uh, what were we going to say, Bob? Uh, I'm sure a certain amount of not admitting they're wrong is pride and hubris and all that stuff. But honestly, uh, the audience, the market sets the expectations. Mm. What do you mean the market does? I'm well, sorry. I mean, for the same reason that all of the uh, conservative 
punditry on on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram re- refuses to acknowledge any time their f- side does the wrong thing because it would hurt their brand, right? Conservatives would call them, like, go woke, go broke. If you come after Trump, I'm a fucking ultra MAGA. Like, all right, cool. Well, he's stupid and he does stupid shit. Yeah. In the same way, CNN starts bucking this leftist agenda. Like, you thought that that's what's happened over the last couple of months. Look at their, they tried to turn back towards the center and it got even worse for them. Yeah. Oh, you know oh I mean? there was an article about it this morning, by the way. Yeah. They think <clears throat> they can lose the entire network from going too centrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, the president of CNN, Chris Licht, this morning had to release a statement and he said, hey, it's not the right who's coming after me. Now, here's the quote. He says, the uninformed vitriol, yep. especially from the left, has been stunning, which proves my point. So much of what passes for news is name-calling half-truths and desperation. Yes. yes. That's the CEO of CNN saying yes. that. Yes. And, and he, not and about said that Republicans. this morning, yes. Not about Republicans. Yep. He's saying that about fucking liberals. So be the change you want to see in the world to our audience. I'm yeah. serious. Don't, don't say, oh, man, he's going soft on this issue, or they're going soft on this or that or whatever. Like, their job's not to be hard or soft. No. That's the report, the motherfucking news. Right. That's it. And, I, and I've said this a thousand <laughs> times about this show and, and others like it. We are a podcast. We are opinionated. That is it. This is solely opinion. Yes, we have some facts here and there to back up everything else that we believe in and everything else. But for the most part, we're an opinionated show. We are not the news source. Yeah, I remember there's a George Carlin quote from back in the day. He was like, I hate editorializing even when it makes sense. So there's a headline that says, brutal dictator killed. He goes, that's incorrect. Dictator killed. And then you give me the facts and I'll decide if he was brutal or not. <laughs> right, you right. know what I mean? And it's, that's an extreme example, but that's how the fucking news is supposed to work. Yes. And we and are, again, again, we're not the news. Walter Cronkite is the guy that fucked it up by taking a position on Vietnam. He was correct about everything he said, but it wasn't his job to say it. Mm-hmm. And he fucked it up for everybody. He, he turned the fucking news slowly but surely into a propaganda device for the federal government. And if you want to watch one of the greatest pieces of satire in the 21st century, and it's overlooked, rightfully so, kind of because of where it came from, but just watch Anchorman 2. Mm. Just watch how they discover to make the news marketable. That's literally <laughs> right, right, literally right. what happened, is happening, continues mm. to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> Everything. Um, and then or, or you can watch the last season of The Wire, where the guy fakes the whole uh, uh, serial killer thing, the reporter buys into it that's a good that's a good example of it too in a drama and also go watch the wire it's good yeah it's a good show but but something you you said a a couple minutes ago i'll say this because i've seen i don't read any comments uh unless i am physically on there and i have to screenshot for the advertisers but the there's a thing i'm looking at it right now it says latest comments and there's always three so i'll read whatever it is before i send the screenshot to the advertisers same with the dumb reviews at the end. That I say that at the end of every show. It really does matter. Uh, but to your points about uh, Trump, you've taken some heat about some shit that you've said about Trump uh, recently and everything else. Um, why is, the, is is my question? Like, I, to, to me, and look, everybody knows that I love Trump. I thought he was a great president. He did a great job. There is nothing wrong with Dan saying he has done or said stupid shit when he got out of office or even when he was in office. There is a difference between liking the policies that someone comes up with versus the person or separating the art from the artist. And some of the shit he has done later on has been dumb, and that is okay. To to follow somebody into the fucking ground over uh, you know, one period of time of their greatness is dumb. I say Tom Brady isn't very good right now. Doesn't mean he's not the greatest of all time. But it is what it is right now at the time. Your opinions can change 
over time. Hopefully that's what evolving as a person is versus just believing in something and then going straight into the ground for it. If it's our country, that's another thing. But if it's anything else, man, fuck. Uh, yeah, be the change you want to see in the world. Uh, that's correct. Where it's like, hey, dude, you can evolve and you can have different opinions on different things. And, uh, you know, with this guy in particular, I look, I saw his fucking hat and the, the, the kilt and all that shit. And I'm like, how serious is this going to be today? I thought it was a very thoughtful, insightful interview mm. from a normal <clears throat> dude who got caught up in some shit and, uh, and his life sucks now. The truly interesting parts about all of that conversation that we just had with that dude. One is FBI agent Mike DeMeo. The last name is not real, but mm -hmm. I, I will find out what it is for sure. And if you're out there and you already have looked into this, and you know the guy's real last name, let me know and I will publish it. I don't give a fuck about the FBI. Yeah. Um, and the woman. Like, the, what are the chances that a fucking FBI agent, female FBI agent, shows up in multiple places with this guy and then finds him on social media and they're in fucking Delaware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then she has a relationship with him for some amount of time and then all of a sudden ends up on the disinformation board assigned to the Hunter Biden case. Yeah. Do you really? So the, the, the reason it's important is because there's a clear concerted effort, particularly by the FBI, but supported by the intelligence community, to make sure Trump, both things, Trump's not president, Biden is. That was the fucking goal. Yep. Right? This is, uh, uh, <clears throat> look, it's happened before. The CIA killed uh, 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 JFK for sure. Mm -hmm. Like it, the, the evidence that we saw in fucking Tucker last week makes it pretty clear exactly what happened. And if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to spoil it. Go look for yourself because I like Tucker. But it makes it pretty clear the, the, the agency and the FBI have been anti-America for as long as they have existed. J. Edgar Hoover, all he did was fucking collect information on everybody you could illegally, right, and use it, leverage it against him to get what he wanted. Mm -hmm. That's what the FBI was, and that's what the FBI fucking is today. The only difference is now people inside of the fucking elected government have some measure of control over it. So now they're leveraging it in a political way instead of just a personal way. And the CIA has done the same. And what do you suggest we do with the FBI? Because uh, other than, you know, involving themselves politically, uh, my knowledge was their job was to solve crimes and, uh, and help out in areas that needed extra uh, detective work and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, what's your suggestion that we do with the FBI? I think the FBI should be completely disbanded. And what would you have in its place? Why do I need anything in its place? Why is the federal government involved in investigations in the fucking first place well that, uh, and that's my question is is that what they were originally intended for and i'm asking out of they they still don't know the fbi was stood up primarily to deal with organized crime okay right gotcha. so that if you if you look back through the history um it was stood up like all the famous old like babyface nelson all these famous john, john dillinger and the and then well, the bank robbers and the organized crime people, particularly, that's why I was stood up. Dillinger okay. was the first. Kind of put him on the map. Yeah. I mean, they murdered him the in FBI? the fucking street. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. They, gotcha, they just okay. walked up to him in the street and shot him in the back After of the head. a movie. That's sweet. What movie was he watching? <laughs> it was a gangster movie, actually. Yeah. Wow, that's dope. Yeah. Hell of a way to go out. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like the FBI's history is, is illegally wiretapping American shit, murdering Americans in the street, mm -hmm. right? And then affecting... Uh, elections. This is this is 
you can't allow something like that to persist. It's sounding a little uh, Praetorian Guardy. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as affecting elections, to go which way? Because to put a guy like Biden in there who is completely brain dead, is that what it is just to control whoever Here's, is, is in yeah, office? Yeah. So, the, I mean, <clears throat> if you're talking about the something that could be a potential solution to some of this stuff, um, I believe Jim Jordan and somebody else authored some legislation that they're going to put up for a vote here soon. And one of the things is, is uh, there's two main situations that happen. One is a seven-year cooling off period mm-hmm. between serving in the federal government and then working for a contractor or working for a social media company or any of that shit, okay. right? The other one is a seven-year limit on being a federal employee. Why do we have people that are 40-year federal employees? Like the federal yeah. government's job is not to provide you with a fucking pension. Mm-hmm. The federal government's job is to stay as small and out of the way as possible, not to be the biggest organization in the country. The, the biggest employer in the United States is the United States federal government. That should be impossible, right? Yeah. And one of the, the other piece of legislation is a seven-year limit. Like you can only serve in the federal government for seven years. Okay. And I think that's appropriate as well. Gotcha. Uh, wild show today, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. I, I had no idea what we were getting into, by the way. I, we obviously knew the show was coming up because we, we have a schedule for it. Um, but, you know, again, you see a guy like that and you're like, all right. What am I getting into with the Scottish hat and everything? And uh, and I enjoyed it. Uh, check out his book if you want to know more info uh, about him. And we, we appreciate him being on the show. In the meantime, go to iTunes, rate the show five star, and leave a quick review. It's all the advertisers care about. When we get 10,000 on there, I'll stop caring. Uh, if you want to see the video of the show, obviously sign up for Drinking Bros Podcast on Patreon. Uh, also, head on over to Spotify and uh, and give a five-star there. No video on Spotify anymore. That deal is up uh, with them, and uh, I'm sure a new one will pop up later on down the road. More and more people are turning to podcasts these days, and, uh, and we'll be there. And, and the back catalog never dies. For D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.